welcome to the ABCA's podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brownlee. This episode is sponsored by Netting Pros. Netting professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting professionals specializes in the design, fabrication, and installation of custom netting for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital graphic wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting Professionals is an official partner of the ABCA and continues to provide quality products and services to many high school, college, and professional fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Netting Professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Contact them today at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. Make sure to let CEO Will Miner know that the ABCA sent you. Now on to the podcast. Next up on the ABCA podcast is Division II NJCAA National Champion Pearl River College Head Coach Michael Avalon. This kicks off our series of ABCA ATEC Championship Coaches. Coach Avalon was honored with the ABCA ATEC NJCA Division II Coach of the Year Award. Pearl River was 45-11, winning 11 of their last 12 games and advanced to Enid after winning the extremely competitive Region 23 tournament. Pearl River had gaudy offensive numbers this year with a 336 team batting average and 85 home runs. Pearl River outfielder Tate Parker was honored with the ABCA Rawlings NJCA Division II Player of the Year Award. Parker ended the season with 90 hits, 19 home runs, and 65 RBI. I had a chance to sit down with Coach Avalon and Enid, Oklahoma during the World Series. This press box conversation took us in a bunch of different directions, and I appreciate Coach Avalon's willingness to take time out of his schedule and Enid. Let's welcome Coach Avalon to the podcast. Here's Mike Avalon, Pearl River head coach, uh, sixth season as head coach. That's correct, sixth season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what did spending time as an assistant do for you when you were ready to take over a, a program as a head coach? Uh, it's invaluable. Um, you know, I spent uh, uh, my first two years after playing at University of West Alabama as a graduate assistant on the pitching side of things with Coach Rundles and Coach Holloman. I learned a little bit about the, you know, the recruiting process there. Uh, kind of was thrown into the fire because at that level, you know, um, as a volunteer or, or a grad assistant, you do a whole lot. You know, they, you, you know, they have to trust you um, because you're the, you're the boots on the ground, so to speak. So um, I was thrown into the fire, luckily, and I say that luckily because I learned so much just, just going. Didn't know anything. Um, Grew up as, uh, you know, my dad was a basketball coach, and he told me, he said, son, don't go into coaching. Go do something to make money. And uh, I actually had a you know, had gotten a business degree and wasn't going to coach. And um, Coach, uh, Coach Holloman and Coach Ronalds approached me and said, hey, we want you to stick around and help us. And um, I remember playing my last game in college thinking, man, there's no way I'm ready to give this up. And uh, so luckily they, you know, had an opportunity for me and, and uh, but learned so much. Um, that's, that's where you really learn coaching and you, you learn if you love the game and you love that process of it, the, the relationships you start with players and recruiting. Um, the field work and all that stuff. It's just that's that's the 
that's the fun part. It's the tough part, um, you know, making $240 a month at that time. Um, but now, you know, it, it, um, I think good things happen to good people. If you stick with it and work, it all plays itself out. What are some things that stuck out when you went from the playing side to the coaching side that maybe you don't, you don't realize as a player? Uh, well, just how to deal um, with the different types of players that you have. Um, you know, as a player, you know, you have one coach, you know, your position player. So you only have one relationship to, to kind of uh, handle. But as a coach, um, you've got, you know, as if you're, if you're a pitching coach, you may have 16 to 20 pitchers. And they're all different. And you have to, you have to figure out ways to uh, adapt to them. You have to get them to listen to you. You have to be flexible. Um, so there was so much that I had to learn. Um, you know, you can say the same thing a hundred different ways, and you need to know a hundred different ways, I feel like, sometimes to say the same thing, because kids all learn different. Um, you know, they hear things, and uh, some things you say in the way you say them, and, and sometimes they'll shut you out. So that was one of the biggest things, is just understanding how to handle um, the different personalities, the different people, um, and uh, so I had to kind of, you know, navigate that as I went. So, so much information out there for players now. How are you kind of filtering what's out there in the, in the universe to let, allow them to kind of center in on what's important and maybe what's just white noise Well, out you there? have to be careful because there are a lot of people that are um, with social media and things these days um, that, that give their opinion. Um, and, um, you know, a lot of times what I've learned is players um, pick and choose what fits what they want. And sometimes what they want... It's confirmation bias, right, correct? Right, absolutely. <laughs> and what they want may not be necessarily what's best for them at the time. And so, but that's... Uh, and, and then also you have people that want to sell something and they want to find what you want to sell it to you. So um, as a coach, um, you've got to sell them something. Uh, and sometimes it's, it's things that they, that they don't want to hear, they don't want to do, but you've got to get them to trust you uh, and buy into what you... You know, and, and get them to understand, hey, this is what's best for you. I'm gonna, you got to trust me. I'm going to help you. We're going to get you there. What were your biggest challenges when you took over Mississippi Delta? Uh, well, they had won seven games the year before. And the year before that, they, they hadn't won many games. And so the uh, mentality of, of, of winning was not there. Um, losing was kind of accepted. It's kind of, well, well, that's what's expected. You know, people talk winning can be expected. Well, so can losing. Um, and so you had to change that culture. Um, and so, um, you know, I got uh, hired at Mississippi Delta uh, August the 1st. You know, and I think we had 21 players on roster that first year. And uh, that was a job nobody wanted. I remember looking at the baseball field the first time. The bases were upside down on it. The grass had grown through the infield. Balls were on the field. I'm thinking, well, here we go. You know, and, and to be honest, uh, I give a lot of credit to Coach Holloman at East Central, who I'd worked with for years. Um, I, you know, I watched him change East Central in that program and was a part of that rebuild. Uh, and so uh, he had prepared me for that next step. And so, um, just went to work um, and uh, had to change that mentality. And, and one of the things that um, I told them early and often is we're going to win, you know, and, and uh, they, they have to buy into that and they have to believe you. But I think it's how you say it. And it's not an arrogance. It's just a confidence in what you say and a belief in, hey, you, you, you trust me, we'll get you there. Um, the biggest thing they had to see is, is you work because that's the biggest way you change things is going to work. And you've got to set that example as a coach that, hey, I'm, you know, follow me, watch what I do, I'm going to work. But you've got to hold yourself to that standard. It's easy to say that. Um, but when you tell them, hey, I'm the first one here, you've got to be the first one there. You've got to be the last one to leave. Um, and so that was how we did that, um, you know, because it was very limited resources. Um, but, but you can't complain about it. You can't make excuses. You take what you have uh, and you make it better, and that's what we were able to do. 
Was there a point that first spring where we get going and you get going a little bit and the guys are like, okay, I, it's starting to make sense what coach is trying to tell us? Uh, yes, it was. I, I'll tell you a quick little story that uh, um, we were we were 0 and 5. I, no, we were 0 and 6, uh, if, if I remember correctly. And I was sitting there thinking, man, am I ever going to win a game? You know, here I am, a head coach. I've been dreaming of this my whole life, and and now I'm a head coach, and we're 0 and 6. And I don't know that I'm ever going to win a freaking ball game. You know. And uh, we were at Colin, and I told him, I just said, man, you just got to stay with it. You know, I know it's been frustrating. You got to trust it. But at the same time, you know, as a coach, it's life. You start to wonder, hey, you know, a little doubt there. And that's where you really have to fight through it. Well, we go out in the first inning, and I think we hit a grand slam. We'll go up six to nothing. And you're like, all right, here we go. We end up getting beat nine to eight. And I remember walking down at, at the end of that game, we're 0-7, and, and I'm going, you know, what do I tell them? And uh, I reverted back to something my dad, you know, taught me um, is that when it's tough, you just gotta, you just gotta keep at it. And I say, hey man, ain't nobody gonna do it for us. You gotta trust each other. You look to the guy next to the left, right of you, and we gotta go. And I think we ended up winning our, our next 10 or something like that and got going. So I think that was the turning point. I think um, probably in the past at some point, they probably had guys that had quit on them at that time and said, you know what, it's okay. Keep your head up, keep playing hard. Um, you know, you're giving us effort, all those things, but uh, you had to keep um, keep the focus on winning and um, that, hey, we're going to trust the process. And one of the things we always tell guys in our program is, and, and people use this too, and I think um, in programs um, you hear a lot of the same things, I think, but the belief is, is what makes a difference. And that's good things happen to good people. And that, that doesn't guarantee that, you know, um, but you got to stick with what you do. you got to keep trusting it uh, and it'll work itself out. It's part of developing resiliency too, but that's that balance if you get to a program, and, and I tell young coaches that too, like sometimes you may have to take a job that, that nobody else wants because that's, right. that, that's your only option. But how do you balance kind of with the, with the guys that maybe aren't used to winning because you want to push them, but you don't want to kick them too because again, it's kind of that culture is like, okay, I'm kind of getting kicked a little bit here, but right. what's that balance with, well, okay, I we're going to push them, but also I got to make sure we, we maybe massage it a little bit too. I think one of the things that I've tried to do as a coach um, is read players. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, there's, you know, one of the things I tell them in the recruiting process is there's days you're going to be, you, you're going to walk off that baseball field. And I'm not happy with you and you're not happy with me. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I love you, believe in you, care about you um, and vice versa. Um, and, and I would hope our players would say the same things about us as coaches in our program. Um, but, uh, but, but, but you are tough on them, and you do know when you're being tough on them. That's something you got to be uh, mindful of, even as a, as a dad with your son, with your children. Uh, you have to discipline them, um, and you don't always have to pick them up and pat them on the butt and say, hey, it's okay, I'm, you know, but, um, but there are those days when you know, hey, I've been tough on this kid, and I better check on him. You know? So you ride over to the dorm you know, at curfew that night, you check curfew at 12, and you, say, you look in there at him, and you kind of get a feel for him and say, hey, man, you all right? Hey, it's all right, get your head up. You know, it ain't gonna be easy. But you just remind them, hey, this is, that's part of it. Failure in this game is, uh, and in life, that's the other thing we remind them of, failure versus this game in life, there's a lot of similarities. Um, you just remind them that's part of it. And it's how you handle those things. Um, but, um, but we also, as coaches, have to be those guys that when they are going through tough times, that they reach out to us. One of the worst feelings for me um, that I've had a couple times as a coach is, is sometimes when a kid goes through something and he's almost afraid to come in there and talk to me about it. And that's, that's when you're not doing a good job. And of course, we're not perfect, but uh, you wanna have that relationship with these guys. So if they're going through something in their life, a tough time, but they walk in your office, shut the door, head coach, I need you. Uh, and that's what we're there for. That's who we are. That's what we wanna be. Um, but you also have to be willing to read those players and know, hey, I'm gonna push them, but you can't push them too much. Um, and you can make the situation worse. Sometimes it's easy to back off. I'm not one of those guys that, uh, 
um, believes um, that you treat every situation exactly the same because that kid's situation, where he's from, what he's been through, what he's going through is not the same as the next guy. So uh, again, that's the, that's the tough part. I think, I think guys that can handle that um, are guys that can make a difference in, in a lot of kids' lives. Guys that can't just make a difference in some. And how gratifying is it you guys come here and you got alums on Twitter well-wishing the program. I mean, I, that just shows like you can push guys and, and they're going to appreciate it. Right. They may not appreciate it while they're doing right. it, but, you know, well, three, four they, years down the road, they're going to appreciate what you did. Right. One that comes to mind and he gave us a shout out was uh, Simon Mo Landry um, that, um, you know, he played for us my first year and, and uh, Big Mo was um, a little out of shape when he came in and, and he told me this after 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 a while I said coach I, I hated you the first three weeks you know I made him run extra when he didn't make his time mile um, I pushed him and, and uh, uh, demanded from him but I told him what that was what we were going to do and I was coming in as a new guy and who's this new coach I, I didn't even sign Mo and um, I, um, I you know so hearing that from him but now hearing him talk and know that hey it was out of what was best for him I knew he had to change that body I knew he was very very capable uh, of being a, at playing at a high level. He had the tools, but he had the biggest thing he had to work on was that body. Well, nobody wants to go put themselves through, um, for lack of better words, hell to, to, to change their body. But as a coach, you've got to find a way to get them to do that. Sometimes you've got to push, prod, you know, um, make them do it. And, um, uh, but he finally saw the benefit of it and he stuck with it. And now to hear him talk and, and hear how he uh, talks about this program and, and how much it meant to him and seeing him be successful, even outside of the game of baseball. Um, that's that's why we do what we do and that's part of good coaching isn't it is you have a vision for players that maybe they don't see for themselves yeah and that's um, um, I, I think that's a gift and but I think coaches you can learn that too but you have to look for it you know you have to say all right how can I you know yeah I want this kid this guy to go out and and be a tremendous player for me but again what what and this is not cliche this is honest you, you know you want them to be successful down the road because uh, I tell people this in the recruiting uh, I want 35 guys in that locker room that want to play professional baseball I want them to have that dream there's zero chance that all 35 are going to do that there's absolutely there's no shot of that happening I know that uh, but I want them to push themselves and, and believe in that Cause those guys work harder than guys that um, don't have that dream in my opinion from what I've seen um, but so we want them to be successful and in this game we try to relate it to life um, and to the, the trials that you're going to go through. We've got guys right now on our team going through tough times. Um, and we hope that some of, the, some of the vision we had for them of uh, pushing them in, in, in the running and the weights and uh, study halls and curfews and that discipline that we try to, uh, you know, um, I guess enforce on them in, in some, for lack of better words, um, because we know what's best for them. And sometimes you have to literally enforce, no, this is what you're going to, you're not used to this, you're not being used to told no, uh, but here's why we do it. And the biggest compliments we get uh, as a staff is when a grandmother comes up to us and say, man, you, you've, you've changed my, my, son, my, my grandson's life, you made him a better man. Because uh, we're at a very crucial point in these guys' life when you're talking 18 to 21 years old. Um, this is their first time away from home. This is their first time looking for a job. This is their first time thinking about marriage. So there's a lot that we have as coaches, the opportunity to influence and hopefully get them to the right start in their life um, with their career. What are some fundraising tips? 
Whew. Um, you know, I, I, I talked recently at a, at, a, at a coach's convention and talked about the program and a bunch of things and then got to the fundraising side of it and boy, her notepads open and clicking, <laughs> writing. Um, and, and I guess, uh, uh, I guess over the years we've been able to fundraise a little bit. So people, uh, um, I think you have to have a plan. I think you need to think about it. I think it needs to be strategic. Um, you can't go to the well too often. Um, and when you do go to the well, you can't always go to the well and ask for money. That's one of the biggest. Uh, uh, that was that's always been mine. Is yep. you have to develop. It's a relationship. Absolutely. So absolutely, if you develop enough relationships, they will come to you at some a absolutely. point and and be like, hey, what do you need? Right. So and, and that's that balance. There's right. an art to fundraising because yes, you want to ask for stuff, but but some people are good with that and some people aren't. So you have to develop that relationship right. with them first. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I, I, there's there's two things I learned early on um, in fundraising was one is don't don't go with your hand out all the time. Go sit down and visit uh, with a guy. I'll tell you, there was a guy at uh, at hometown restaurant in um, in um, Inverness, Mississippi, when I was at Mississippi Delta, and there was no money there. You know, people said you couldn't raise any money in the Delta. You know, it was just there was no money to be given to baseball. And I said, no, I think you can. And uh, so I went to hometown. Mark Gary was a guy that owned that restaurant. He would sit up there every night. He owned it. Uh, he'd have guys come in there and sit with him. They'd eat and they'd talk. I started going there, sitting, eating, and talking, and got to know him really well. Great guy. Then, like you said, he started coming. Hey, how can I help you? You know. Then we started asking for a thousand dollar outfield sign. Then he started writing a check for two thousand dollars. You know, on his own. Say, here's here's a little extra. Um, but the other thing you have to do, and this this is the probably even tougher part. Um, in certain situations, you have to ask. Um, and you know some people don't like doing that and I also learned that at my time at Delta is if you know that person's capable of, of helping you and they say hey what do you need well I need don't don't shoot yourself low you know understand that um, you have to handle that the right way um, but um, and know, it also it. helps that we need this correct you know I, yeah. I think when you're dealing with people that are wealthy they want to know what they're What's putting needed. their money yeah. to put towards so you have to have a plan in place like hey this is what we need correct you know and, and I think you need to be more specific Absolutely. and intentional about what you're asking and, for. And, and, right and people want to see their money given uh, to things that are going to last too yeah. not to t-shirts um, not to um, dirt um, but um, you know lockers and things that their name's going to be on they're going to know you know I have a guy recently um, Mr. Matt Grubbs out of, out of Hattiesburg, Mississippi, who has helped us tremendously. And he told me, um, you know, we put his name on the wall and he gave a, a decent amount for that. And he said, man, if, if my grandson walks by that, that field one, 30 years and I've been dead, he said, that's my grandpa. He said, he helped this place. Well, funny story was one of his friends from uh, out of town he hadn't talked to in years was, was on our campus watching a summer league tournament. And the little old lady called him and said, Mr. Mack, you know they got your name on this wall out here? So that started a conversation right there. And so um, those are the type of things that uh, what I've learned is donors want something that they, is going to be there for you know, forever if possible and, and that's going to make an impression. It doesn't mean that people won't help with t-shirts and, and you got to do what you got to do. Um, but, um, but when I talk about also being strategic, um, I think you got to plan out when you do certain fundraisers. Um, High school's tough because um, locally in the community, for us, you know, none of our kids, you know, we may have one or two a year from Poplarville. You don't want to just hammer that, that, that one area all the time. And you have different ways, but you also don't want to have too many ways, you know. And so you just got to be strategic about it. You got to have a plan. Um, if I can ever help anybody with any of that stuff, you know, please holler because it, it is something I've, I've, I've had some success, but we also had really good resources around us now. And, um, but, but there are resources. There are people that care. Uh, you got to get them to understand sometimes.
around, hey, I do care about this, and, and that's where those relationships are so Restaurants uh, and bars are a good place to do that, though, because people are more comfortable in that setting. It's a good place to have just a, an honest conversation with people and talk about the program, and Absolutely. it's a good way to pull people yeah, in. Yeah, and, and you know, the other thing that you mentioned is also having a plan and things that you need. You know, have a presentation. You know, treat people with, with that respect. Go sit down with them and, and uh, uh, if they ask, say, hey, well, I'd like to come down and, and show you everything that we're doing. I'd like to show you that we're working. We're not just, you know, sitting here and say, hey, give me, give me $500,000 and let me, yeah, well, anybody wants that. But uh, I remember at Mississippi Delta, we were able to do a lot. And I think at, at one point, the largest donation we had at the time was $1,000 at one time. And we were able to do so much. And it's just that you got to get people bought in and, and a part of the program. That's why if you look at us uh, when we travel, uh, that's one thing that I'm big on is, um, you know, today we were headed to the, to the Memorial Day uh, event and we invited all our fans to go with us just to be a part of it, just to see these guys, because uh, that's what those guys, uh, that's why they're giving money is for your players. Yep. You got things turned around at Pearl River fairly quick. You know, you were here in, you know, 2019, first appearance since 2022. Have you told the guys anything different about this go around being here? Yeah, it's different. We're going to do it different. Um, what, what, what are you going to do? Right. Well, almost everything uh, from where we stayed on the way up, from how we travel to how we do different things, because I learned so much the first time around. Um, there's only one other guy on our roster that was a part of that, and that's Coach Tynes, who was a player at the time uh, and got to experience. But you learn so much here. Um, it, it is a um, you, you can you know, you work so hard. All these guys work so hard to get to the World Series. That's our that's our goal. We want to get there. And so when you get there, there's a lot that comes with it. It's a presentation. It's the big stage. You know, some people say it's the show and, and it is. And we want them to enjoy that. But we have to remind them that, uh, um, you know, we're here to, to, to win it and we want to put our best foot forward um, and how you enjoy it. Yeah, you enjoy it. But, you know, uh, at the end of that day, uh, and, and I think this is critical. At the end of the day, when it's all said and done, you may be the national champion. You may not. But I think if you come up here and you pour everything into it, whether you're the champion or you're not, you're going to be satisfied that, hey, I did the best. As baseball players, you look at our careers. We all want to play Major League Baseball, or the majority of us do. At the end of the day, we want to be able to look ourselves in the mirror and say, hey, you know what? I wasn't good enough. And uh, if I wasn't good enough, I'm, I'm okay with that. I can move on to the next part of our life. We can shut this book. We're at the World Series. Pour it. Give it, give it your best shot. Um, you know, get after it, sell out to it, go to practice, focus on that, you know, go watch some games. And, and so those are some things that, uh, um, you know, I did a little different. I've watched a little more baseball this time around. Um, I've, uh, uh, you know, um, practice-wise made some adjustments. You know, the first time out, we kind of let our players do a little too much at times with their families. And, and no, we got to keep the focus. We want to enjoy their family. But come in here, and then we got to lock in, and we got to we got to enjoy it after you win a championship. A absolutely, <laughs> that's that's the time you celebrate it and all that. Um, and and that was one thing that we did different um, after the regional. You know, we let them have a couple days off um, and let them go enjoy that game. Actually, three days off. I said, hey, go, you know, get you know, go go see your family, enjoy this moment because it's huge. Our, our regional's tough. Um, How much of a dogfight is it for people that don't know about ooh. your area? And I know because I'm good friends with Jeff Willis. I know how much of a dogfight it is um, to get through that regional down there. You know, there. it's it's uh, just as you know, every we have six teams in our regional, and you can pretty much bank four out of six every year going to be top twenty in the in, in the country. Um, baseball's played so hard 
that's, that's one of the biggest differences that I see in Mississippi in our area is just that, you know, a lot of times because of our state, we all know each other and they grew up playing against each other. Well, you don't want your best buddy to beat you. And so you're going to do your best to make sure he don't, I don't, now if you don't know somebody, yeah, you don't want him to beat you, but it was your buddy and you grew up with him, maybe went to high school with him, I'll be dead young if he's going to beat me. And so uh, in Mississippi, it's played so hard. There's a lot of pride in, in sports there. And not to say that there's not in other parts of the country, that's, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm speaking from Mississippi. That's, that's the way it is. It's, it's, uh, um, you know, you get after each other, you push each other. It's very, very talented. If you look at the state of Mississippi, um, you look at Ole Miss, Mississippi State, um, uh, Southern Miss, um, and, and then you take it a step, a step further, you know, Delta State, William Carey, NIIA, uh, our junior college system, our high school programs that are in there and Sumrall and guys like that. It's uh, baseball in Mississippi is, is per population, is, 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 is pretty good. And so, um, um, you know, this prepares us for a stage like this, you know, and, and um, you know, the other thing that's tough in Mississippi, we play doubleheaders all the time. And that's one thing you have to adjust to uh, as a coach. It's Helps here though, because you may get into some doubleheader. That's correct. You're right, and it'll help you down the road. But there, the, the biggest, you know, and, and all across junior colleges, you're, you know, people, you know, basketball coaches sometimes don't understand that. You know, you sweep the floor or whatever, and, and you go play, turn the lights on, it's, you know, 70 degrees when you play. In baseball, you got a three hour bus ride, you got BP two hours for the game, and then you got a nine and a seven inning game. Uh, and so your 12 hour day is just a normal day. And, and you ask those guys to compete. You know, you get beat game one in a, in a walk off, you got to turn around and play a, a 30 minutes, go play again. And, and that game is just as important as the one you just lost. So um, it prepares you for stuff like this. Our, our conference, our coaches, uh, they work hard, they're competitive. Um, there's a lot of fundraising that goes on in Mississippi. You know, facilities down there are. That's it's an arm rate, arms race absolutely. now, isn't it? Absolutely. And it's, it's nonstop. And, and you got to keep, keep adding because if you don't, uh, you're, you're going to get passed. And, and um, you got to be careful there because you can do too much. But um, it, is, it is one of those to where that's, as far as our region, that's it. You know, you look at Eunice, you mentioned them. Uh, they've got a brand new facility they're building. Well, we got to compete against that. So we got to keep, um, keep fundraising, keep our program improving. And that's what players want to see, that's what recruits want to see. Uh, they want to see improvement. They're visually driven. They want to see nice things. Um, and so uh, you want to do that, but you also want to let your program speak for itself as well. What did playing for Tommy Groves at Forest Hill do for you? Uh, a whole lot. Um, it gave me the best foundation I could have asked for. Uh, I always tell people when I, when I talk about Coach Groves, um, he taught me the most important thing about uh, coaching in life, and that was PTL would believe, and that was praise the Lord we believe. That's what we broke it down to every day. Um, a great man, one of the best men that I know, um, just his morals and who he is, um, and just uh, a very fair and honest person. Uh, and I, I, who I am, I, I hope I can be half of that, what he was for me um, as a young kid. How do you balance family with coaching? Uh, well, you know, it's, it's, uh, that's a heck of a question. It's tough. Um, you know, um, luckily I have a beautiful wife, Kayla, and, and um, three kids that are, um, you know, great kids. They're wild. Uh, they're energetic. They're busy. Um, uh, I think the balance in, in um, family and, and baseball starts with your wife. You know, you hear a lot of people, um, you know, behind every good man there's a greater woman. Uh, I'm thankful for that. I think it's important. I think it's important to have the right relationship with your wife and make sure that she's appreciated because uh, she does so much, you know, for us as coaches. Um, there's a lot of baseball games that we miss, um, but I think you just try as a coach to, to find time to spend there. Even if you can pop out there and you catch the last inning, just be seen there. And that's something I try to do, um, you know, uh, pay attention to your kids. When, when they give you those little those tips that say, hey, uh, are you going recruiting again? 
then you don't go recruiting. You go watch a kid play. You know, there's, it's important at that part. When they let you know, and the kids will let you know that, um, but you try to read them, but, but you just make them feel appreciated. You know, here, uh, they, they rode the bus with us up here. You know, some guys wouldn't let them do that. Um, Cause it's Those are some team. of my best memories, Coach, no is the kids being on the bus. Yeah, I, I heard my, my middle son, Tucker, you know, the, the guys asked me last night, does he ever sleep? I said, not much. He's, he's wide open nonstop. But on the bus, one of the most um, beautiful sounds was hearing him laugh in the back with those guys. And, and um, it's just th those are special. I learned um, to play euchre when I was like seven years old with my dad's players at Evansville. Really? Card games in the back of the bus. Yep. 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 And, and, and that's the, but that's the example I want to set. You know, our family's involved, you know, but I'll, I'm setting that example for these young men in their life. But like, be involved with your family. You know, um, if your job doesn't involve your family, well, then you need to check that job, okay? Because there's other ways to do it. And, um, but we're always going to be, and again, we're not, I'm not perfect in what I do. I've got to, obviously, that's something we have to work on as coaches. And we, I just think you have to be considerate of it and you have to measure it at times and know, hey, am I, you know, stop, sit down, have some quiet time. Hey, am I doing what I'm supposed to do with my family? That's most important. That's your, that's your foundation, that's your rock. Do you lean on anybody for that? Because I think we all, you know, you get into coaching and you're so driven to be successful on that. Did, do you lean on anybody for that? I think we have some mentors along the way right. that be like, hey, you got to check yourself every once in a yeah, while. Yeah, um, you know, uh, for, for me personally, I, I had a tough summer. Um, you know, I lost my dad, who was a coach, um, and obviously he was, a, he was the best coach I've known. And uh, I learned a lot from him of who I am, what our program is. Um, and so it's been tough because when you lose that, you obviously want to feel that. Um, you know, just being in this tournament in this World Series right now, you know, this is this is something my dad um, would, would have been very proud. He got to come out in 19. Last thing he told me, one of the last things he told me is uh, about baseball is he said, get back and win the whole dead young thing. Um, he was an English teacher, but he used a little, you know, he knew some other languages in there, but, uh, you know, he told me to use the, you know, win the whole thing. And, and uh, um, but when I lost him, um, you know, you, you feel that void. Luckily, um, at Pearl River, I've got some wonderful people that have stepped in. Our, our president, Dr. Adam Burwood, and I are pretty good friends. Uh, he's been tremendous for me. Uh, Coach Fletcher, our athletic director, uh, a good person. Um, uh, Do you get reminders of your dad every once in a while? Because I've lost some close friends here in the last 12 months, and I get I get constant reminders. Yeah. Um, oh no, no doubt. Um, it might be a song. It's a song. It's always um, a song will pop up. Yeah, it's and a song. Like, My yep. dad was big. You know, I told you he was a teacher, but but music he loved. Um, and, and so there's a lot of songs and, and uh, there's, there's times I'll get and I'll just get in the car and put on one of the songs and listen and just just ride and, and um, you know, think about him and, and, you know, hey, dad, I would call him all the time and say, hey, dad, what, you know, what, what do you think? And he would always shoot me straight. Well, now I have to go back and I have to think of what would he tell me? Because he taught me and, and he made me, you know, he helped mold me into who I am. I've just got to think back and remember, hey, how would he handle this? And because, uh, you know, thankfully I had him for for almost 40 years of my life, and I'm thankful for that. So, uh, but again, just going back, there's been so many. You know, I think that's what you you have to surround yourself with the right people. And I've got I've got a lot of them um, in this that 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 believe in what we're doing. They're a part of it, um, and uh, so I'm very thankful for that. What's the strength of the club this year? Uh, well, I think one of the things that. Um, makes us uh, different is, uh, you know, you look at this, this blonde hair, that's why I wore a hat. I wouldn't normally wear a hat, um, but I've got an entire team, an entire staff that, that jumped on board, and, and, and I've never been a part of that. Didn't make anybody dye their hair. Um, but, um, it's fun when it comes from the players. Oh, it, it's, it's, and it's they so looked at fun. me and said, Coach, you got to do it if we it's win it. So I said, you know what, if you win it, dead gummit, and everybody does it, I'm in. Yep. And so I looked around, and I'm, I'm one of the last ones in my staff, and we all, I didn't tell nobody to do it. 
they all jumped in and said, let's go. And so uh, that's why I'm wearing a hat a little more than I, than I normally do. But uh, I think the, just, just the, the bond. And so how do you create that? That's the tough part. It's um, got to come from them. Right, absolutely, 100%. It, it, does, it really does yep. have to come from them because if it comes from you, then it feels forced. No. And I, I've been a part of some crazy things like PJ's in the pen at Western Illinois. We had two relievers that started. It was almost like a WWE preview for right. the games. And I didn't, I just saw them down there doing it. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. And yep. as a coach, that's that balance of if it's something that they're really enjoying doing, you got to right. let them have because they're still just kids. Too. Absolutely. And, and, and there's no question it, it um, you know, as a coach, uh, I think how you treat them is very important because they get that feel how to treat each other. Um, I think the discipline is important. Um, you know, I think I, I think the whole um, unity and the bond and curfew and all the, I think those things are so, so important, creating that bond. I tell people junior college is one of the most special um, opportunities in your life. You, you, you know, for us in Mississippi, we have a dorm. Those guys live with each other every day. They're, they're in the same space all day long and I'm thankful at Pearl River that it is very nice those guys don't want to go home on the weekend they want to spend time with each other so I think that's one thing that that is special about this group it's as close of a group um, as I've ever been a part of and and I, I don't want to be in the moment because I feel like all our groups are very close but this one is uh, it's been special they're, they're they're very talented how great is it getting to hear the national anthem on Memorial Day uh, special and it? it's unbelievable you know, it's and special. I was thinking about that on the drive over from the hotel yeah. it's like okay we're here on Memorial Day and obviously I'd like to be with my family but you get to spend it at the ballpark yeah. and you get to hear the national anthem on Memorial yeah. Day that's something we're gonna um, there's actually in, in Enid there's a replica Vietnam Wall right outside of town so our guys after lunch we're gonna head over there and and that's another thing in, in your program just just make sure you make those um, days like today um, you know you honor those and and, and uh, but this is you know, because we need um, that more now than ever, don't yeah, we? Yeah, as we coaches be, and as people, as Americans, I absolutely. think we, we need that now more than yeah. ever. We've lost a little bit of that. We've got to try to bring that back somewhere. Right. Well, here we are playing a game, you know, at the World Series, and it's it's the show, and it's it's the lights, and it's the it's the fun, and that's made possible one way, and that's for all these you know men and women that you know sacrifice their lives for us, and so um, I think that's something that we got to always keep at the forefront, and be very thankful, because it's not it's not given, it's 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 earned, and so we're very thankful for it. Do you have a fail? forward moment? Do you have something you thought was going to sidetrack you, but looking back now is one of the best things that happened to you? Um, best things that happened to me? Uh, overall, career? Anything. Something that maybe you thought, okay, that, that's not working out very well, but you look back now, it's like, okay, it worked out the way it was supposed oh, to work I, out. You know, as far as my career, absolutely. Um, I can remember being at Mississippi Delta and, and um, applying for five high school jobs one summer. You know, spent, spent 10 $15,000 getting, getting my certification to go coach high school baseball. And um, I can remember going through those interview processes and being told that um, I was overqualified or I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't, uh, I, I didn't have enough experience at the high school level to be a high school baseball coach. And I can remember being so frustrated and, and um, just, um, you know, for my family, I just thought that we needed, you know, education and things like that. We needed, you know, something different and uh, was very thankful. I don't want to take it away from Mississippi Delta because it was great, but it was just for my family. That's what I felt like I needed to do. So as a man, as a father, I knew whatever it takes, I, I want to stay in college baseball, but I got to get my family in a better situation, um, you know, get us closer to home. And, and uh, so, um, you know, God didn't open those doors for me. He shut them. And I was so frustrated at the time. And, and uh, um, but thankfully he did, you know, because I'm so thankful to be where I'm at um, and had those things worked out like I thought I wanted them to. Um, 
I wouldn't be where I'm at. I wouldn't be in this moment. Um, I wouldn't be where I, where I, where am I, where I believe where I'm supposed to be. And so I'm very thankful for that. Um, spending that $10,000 being told no or 15, whatever it was at the time, is, is well worth it. I'm thankful and, and very blessed to be where I'm at at Pro River. You have any evening or morning routines that you like that you do? You have yeah. daily stuff that you do. Um, but believe it or not, this is something that I start um, a while back. Um, you know, I take the kids to school every morning. Um, you know, uh, we'll take half part of them to school. You know, she goes one way, I go the other, but I want to be involved. Sometimes that's the only time we get to see our kids sometimes. You know, there's many times I, I, if I don't take them in the morning, I got up and left before they did or let her take them. And then I get that five minute ride to school with my son about who's going into middle school, um, you know, and found out what was going on in his life. And, and we played that night or I'm on the road. I may not see him before he goes to bed. So I go all day without seeing him. So that's important. Um, uh, as a coach, we, you know, as coaches, we lift together after that. Um, people say, well, you lift during workout. I think as a coach, that's, that's important too. You know, we don't spend two hours in there together. But I What think are your go-tos in the weight room? Uh, well, Coach Lott, one of my assistants, is um, he's, he's, he's picked some pretty wild programs. So we'll just grab a new program and start it. Um, but, uh, Tell him you know, to call we, me. I got some, some, quite a few workouts. Yeah, and so, so we do a bunch of random stuff just to keep it different and, there and then go back. But uh, I just think that time as a staff is important. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, for a guy like me, it's to try to stay in shape as best I can. Um, you have to work at it. And, and I think in our in our uh, profession, I think that's important. You know, when you're putting yourself in front of people, I think, um, you know, a a how you look is important, you know? <laughs> so, uh, but when you're going into homes to, to sell your program, um, again, you gotta work at it as you're, the older you get, there's no question. But, um, you know, I think that's a great time uh, for coaches to be together. Um, and, uh, cause we push, the, push our players. And again, if you're in the weight room and you're asking those guys to get in the weight room and push themselves, um, they're gonna respond more to you, I feel like. Any other resources for coaches to dive into? Any other resources or things that you're leaning on as a coach that you feel like would help some other oh, coaches? Oh man, podcasts and yeah. different things like that are, are huge. I think, um, again, you know, you, you know, I said something about dyeing my hair and us lifting weights. I don't think every coach dyes hair if his players do. I don't think every coach has to be in a weight room. I think for a coach, there's a million things out there. I think coaching is, is taking what somebody does and making it your own, maybe, you know, uh, changing it just a hair to fit who you are and what you believe in. Um, but I think the biggest thing, it has to be genuine, it has to be real. Your players have to know that, hey, that's you, that's who you are, that's what you believe in. Um, there's 10 teams at the World Series, all 10 their goal is to win the World Series. Only one's going to do it, may not be the best team that wins it, who knows. But I think the guys that believe in by, and, and sell out to that goal and dream, I think they have the better chances of doing it. Uh, so I think um, as a coach, when you talk about resources, um, always be willing to learn. It, it never stops. One of the best things that I can do as a coach, and, and it's harder as you become a head coach and you kind of get removed, go to camps. You know, do a lesson with a 12-year-old. It, it, it is so refreshing, and I learn so much from myself when I actually have to teach the game to a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, or, or whoever. If they ask for help, go because you, um, you know, you learn things as you teach and as you coach. And one of the biggest pieces. It simplifies pieces, things. You know, it, no doubt. You're on the college side, but when you go back to the youth side, even if it's briefly, you realize you got to simplify it. For well, fundamentals them. are so important for sure in, in baseball, and that's something that, that we forget sometimes, especially speaking from a head coaching perspective. Because uh, I because I love my assistants, I trust them, I let them work. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm thankful that they do such a good job for us. Um, but, but sometimes I miss getting down there in, in different situations, whether it's offensively or pitching or, or what have you, um, and, and working with those guys. And so I think, you know, go to these, uh, you know, go to the clinics, 
Um, they're they're phenomenal. You learn so much, and and that's real. You know those those guys are that, that do it at the highest level and the best. Um, and then some guys. Sometimes you go listen to a high school coach who who you think, man, I, if I'm a college coach, what can't no? He can teach you a lot. You know this game. Well, you said it. Sometimes it's a family situation more than anything. Absolutely. We have so many great coaches at every level. Sometimes you're you're at a high school level because that's that's your path with your family and your situation and and that it's more about a situation right. than it is whether a guy can coach or not. Absolutely, you know I I heard one guy call I can't even remember who it was but I remember he said one of the big things that I try to do every night is just go eat supper as a family, and so we've you know we've tried to incorporate that you know it may not be every night but to sit down at that table. Um, you know, I heard a guy talk about that, how important that was, how much he learned, and how much his family appreciated that. So, and that was at a clinic that I heard a high school coach talking about. Um, I think it was in uh, Texas that I heard that. So, um, you know, those are things that, again, you can learn from all different people, but you got to be willing to. Thanks for your time, Coach. Yeah, awesome, man. Appreciate you having me. Coach Avalon is another example of the great coaches we have at all levels. Personality-wise, they're all different, but there's so many common themes in coaches that have successful programs. Congrats again to the staff and players of Pearl River on their national championship. Thanks again to John Litchfield, Jim Richardson, Zach Hale, and Matt West in the ABC office for all the help in the podcast. Feel free to reach out to me via email or brownlee at abca.org, Twitter and TikTok at CoachB underscore ABCA, Instagram RyanBrownlee17, or direct message me via the MyABCA app. This is Ryan Brownlee signing off for the American Baseball Coaches Association. Thanks, and leave it better for those behind you. Set me free